Chapter Twenty Five of Bonne Marie. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Susanna Mason. Bonne Marie: A Tale of Normandy and Paris by Henry Greville, translated by Mary Neil Sherwood. Chapter Twenty Five. Lucian's letter. The studio was very dark. A gas burner turned down very low, lighted it but dimly. Here and there, in this shadow, was a white outlined. But Morin knew his way, and he threaded the wilderness of chairs and tables, and reached his own especial divan, as he dropped upon it. And as he dropped upon it, he remembered with a pang that she had sat there at his side that very morning. It was there she stood as she uttered that touching farewell, and he at the time had wilfully closed his eyes and ears to the truth that she loved him truly, so truly that she would not lose his respect too truly to be only a passing intruder in the young man's life and she was gone but i will find her again murmured morin who never allowed a gloomy thought to remain in his mind long to-morrow i cannot fail to find some trace of her he turned to light the studio lamp that might examine her, that he might examine her portrait but a strange reluctance withheld his hand he was afraid of himself to-morrow by daylight he said aloud one is braver when the sun shines. Next day he entered his atelier, just as a letter was handed him. This letter came from Lucian. He knew it as soon as he saw it. The writing was very careful, like those of persons who write but rarely, but regard it as an act of the greatest importance. He opened it, read it, and sat motionless as if struck by some fatal blow. "'You do not love me enough,' said the young girl and I love you so much that I should end by despising myself. I am worthy of being the wife of an honest man, and I have never done anything to forfeit that right. I told you this, but you did not believe me. I was ambitious and wished to marry into a class far above that in which I was born, and where I should have been content. The means I took were unwise. I understand that now, since they cost me your esteem. But I did not know when I appeared on the stage of the concert room at the cafe that i should pass for just that which i am not had you loved me enough i should have made you a faithful and devoted wife this however not being god's will i return to my native village which i shall never leave again do not try to find me for even if you were to succeed it would not be lucian but bon marie you would meet and it was not she but lucian whom you loved lucian is dead and will never sing again. The light rustle of a dry and withered leaf falling from a tree aroused the young painter. He went to the easel, lifted the green serge that covered the portrait, and looked at it with involuntary respect. Yes, Lucien was dead, and this portrait was all that remained of her. It was she, smiling, sweet and pale, her lips lightly parted with that wonderful expression which made her so marvellously beautiful as she sang. The semi-education of Bonne Marie rendered her especially susceptible to the influence of these ballads. Their sentimental platitudes were not such to her, for she had not been accustomed, like most Parisians, to turn everything into a jest. She sang these simple verses with her whole heart and soul. She wept with those deceived and disappointed maidens, with anxious mothers, and with the betrothed of sailors and soldiers. All these sentiments, which are absurdly expressed in so many ballads of the day, 
assumed when uttered by her lips an expression of sincerity and reality that was very touching morin looked at this picture long and intently he had painted her with lifelike reality even to the hands which were a little large and slightly red and which he had not permitted her to glove pretending not without reason that hands have a physiognomy as well as faces the face whose undercurrent of melancholy he had caught seemed to him to have a resigned expression which was new to him no he had not painted the triumphant singer as he had intended but had depicted bonne marie bonne marie who had dreaded to lose his love and respect and who had exiled herself on the day she knew the sad truth his heart was full of bitter regret and self-reproach he realized his brutality of the previous day he knew he had wounded his pride and the self-respect and the heart of this young girl but that he could ever know the depth of these wounds was quite impossible for men constituted like himself are incapable of divining such mysteries they only understand the wounds of the epidermis but morin understood that he had hurt her that she pardoned him and that he should see her no more it is my chef he murmured as he regarded his work with artistic eyes and took up his palette to finish this head which was to give him a name. Poor Bonne Marie! At this very moment she was weeping bitterly in a church at Cherbourg, which she had entered to shield herself from impertinent curiosity while waiting for the hour to take the stage. She wept for the love she had lavished on Morin, love that had been so totally misunderstood and unappreciated, but she felt no anger and no desire for revenge. She was utterly crushed but resigned. It was my own work, she said, the result of my own obstinacy, and I am rightly punished. End of chapter 25 Recording by Susanna Mason